Hey, welcome to uh, season three. Season three of season Off three. the Fence. Ooh. Uh, now, this is where we start off unique. And those of you who who watch this will know how this is a little unique. But uh, we're, we as a church are, are doing a series. And I don't know when you're going to listen to this or watch this. but uh, And you might defl- like later on. But we're, we're, we're doing a series uh, that's called Controlled Burn, but it's about sexuality. And so what I wanted to do was very simple, was that we would actually have some conversations with pastors and stuff like that. Uh, that kind of continued the the conversation. So here's here's your homework if you haven't done this homework yet. <laughs> um, watch the sermon or sermons from Controlled Burn, and then and then come back to this. And we're going to go more in depth about sexuality stuff, about singleness, about all some of the the heterosexual stuff, the homosexual stuff, the marriage stuff, the how is the church done with this stuff. Uh, <laughs> What should we do? What should we say? And all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we've got two good friends here, but um, Josh and Todd are pastors on our staff. They're here, but we often have these conversations that never get recorded. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe they shouldn't all get recorded, but they (laughs) get recorded. Uh, They don't get recorded, but we have great conversations that go in depth. And rather than someone hear just um, Pastor David's voice on this or or, um, and think like, oh, that's just what David thinks, I thought it would be wise for us uh, in conjunction to what we're doing as a church sermon-wise to go a little bit further and more and just kind of open it up a little bit more and talk about it. So guys, thank you, by the way, for taking time out of your schedule to sit with microphones in your face and cameras and and all that kind of stuff. But today, let's talk about singleness, the single life, the I'm not married um, I, by the way, I feel, should we define singleness? Cause I mean, does that, I, mean, I don't think it hurts. I mean, to define it. you're like, yeah. if you're, if you're dating, are you single technically? <laughs> In this context? Yes. Okay. That's the, even when I talk about like marriage counseling, I remind people like, Hey, your singleness still matters yeah. in the relationship. And, so and, it's learning like, okay, who am I? I think that I would add that context to it. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, because you're constantly learning that. So I think, yeah, and there's a lot more I'll, I'll dive into where I think as a church, we focus on a certain age time of their life instead of going, no, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who is God making you to be? Love it. So, mm-hmm. yes. so thanks, fellas. Let's do this. I, You guys are pastors. You meet with people. You... Um, you you hear people what that were walk through the, the, their questions their concerns but also even if they don't ask you just mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you process with people and and just go through life with them singleness in this world what are people going through what are they struggling with what are they winning with when in the world in the topic of sexuality and singleness what thoughts come to mind first it's a weird dichotomy in our world right now because. Okay. We're waiting to get married. So there's a little bit more value on, hey, let's stay single or start a career and all that stuff. But then there's also this push to not be lonely. Yeah, interesting. Like, so it's this like, yes, go live, have your career, but then you need to get married. You need to have kids or you need to do something so that you're not sure. lonely your whole life. Yeah, delaying delaying the actual like covenant commitment ceremony. Uh-huh. But still, long, but having a longing all right. along the way. Huh. So it's a it's an interesting 
world that's just people want both. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be lonely, but I mm-hmm. still love my singleness in the context of I get to do whatever I want. I get to do my career. I get to do these things. And I don't want marriage. I don't want kids. I don't want all these things to get in the way of it. Yeah, we do want everything. We want the, quote, freedom of singleness without the fulfillment of mm. relationship or community. And uh, we get stuck in this middle ground where we try and have it all, but um, mm-hmm. we can't. And I think that's the danger. I think that's how the world would describe it. But I think for us as Christians, I think the important thing to recognize is singleness is more like in the terms of what is who is God making you to be? Mm-hmm. And recognizing I was, this is what I tell people, I, I, I'm Todd before I ever got married. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. Todd before I ever became a dad. So I still got to work on Todd. That's mm-hmm. how God has seen me mm-hmm. from day one. It's mm-hmm. not, oh, I've done something now. Or we treat, especially in the church world, we treat like, oh, why aren't, why aren't you married yet? Mm. Or why, why don't you have kids yet? And it's we become put this, an idol. It becomes it, a pressure. It, it, yeah. That yeah. it'd be like, and sadly, I almost feel like um, if Jesus and Paul were to be in our churches, what would we think of them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're 30-something. Yeah. Why aren't you married? Yeah. Why, why don't you have someone? Yeah. And you really love working in kids' ministry? Like, okay. Like, it's just, it's one of those, like, we all go, oh, that's, that's weird kind of deal. Hmm. But that's only in church world, if you recognize that. Um, well, I, nonprofits, they're not as, as big on some of that. Yeah. I, I grew up with the the pressure. And uh, again, this is not like pressure, not in the sense that my parents were like, you must, you must. Mm-hmm. But but you grow up that values that relationship so much. Mm-hmm. So you learn that value. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it the value turns into a pressure, mm-hmm. especially in, in, if you're a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know how incredible marriage is. God set up marriage. He defined marriage. And you're like, ah, that's that's special. So... I went to college thinking I've, I've got to find this person, and it was far more of a of a of a pressurized kind of feeling. I've described it almost like a hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't hunt though, but but, but this I, I it had nothing to do with me. If that right. made, like what you're describing, yeah. like it wasn't. So I was I was negating and and pacifying the developed David as a as a man. Yeah, um, and more. I got to get this person. Mm-hmm. And then deal deal with the who am I later? Yep. Uh, and I think singleness is one of those things that we just don't often cherish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we maybe the words lament it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm maybe not everyone listening. Some people are probably going, "No, actually, I love it. It's great. It's fantastic." But, <laughs> That's true. Uh, I know. I personally went through that phase of lamenting it, thinking I've, I've I'm I'm what is it? Oh, this is dates me. So the Tom Cruise statement, like the the oh, you, you complete, complete me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one listening to this right now has probably ever watched that. Movie. Jerry Maguire. There you go. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. He tells this woman, <laughs> and it's like this most romantic scene. Mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger. Is that who? It was? Yes. Yeah. Good you. job. Pop culture. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and but we're all watching this this romantic comedy that they don't even really do anymore. And he tells her, finally, you complete me. And we're all like, even as like, whenever I watched it as a teenager going, that's what I want someone to complete me. But what I translated that into was, I'm not going to even think about myself anymore. Just needed to go find that person. I'm incomplete. And that's what will, I I do think I, when I growing up, it, it, 
was the finish line. It was it was mm-hmm. the goal that we were seeking to attain. So you go to college and you're getting a degree, but you're also like scanning, just like what you were saying. And there there was this inferred pressure, and I think it was more of a cultural pressure than my parents did. My my parents were very honest and candid about marriage is hard. Let's not rush. <laughs> like let because they got married like right out of high school and were like, actually, that's not the end. That's the beginning. Uh, but but I still felt a lot of pressure because I felt incomplete. Um, mm-hmm. And what I've learned, it's a lot like parenting where we should have known that babies would cry all night when they're first born. <laughs> Nobody actually told us. So we felt duped. Like <laughs> we felt lied to. And But where you're looking at it as an opportunity to continue to grow yeah. more deeply into who God made you to be, but then collectively get to build something, this life with somebody else. Um, but we often, unfortunately, don't look at it that way. And so I think there's been an overcorrection where people go, well, then I'm just not going to do it or I'm just going to wait. Um, when neither one are really best, I think, there's that middle ground of trusting the Lord and being your best right where you are mm. and not always having to be a few steps ahead. Yeah, if you wait until you're married to do the deep work of yourself, <laughs> you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but isn't that, that's, and and you're going to, you're going to discover that you waited way too long, more than you, more more long than you should have, and you're going to you're going to find that out in very painful ways. I think mm-hmm. you don't just like, oh, you know what? I think I neglected myself. I should no. You're going to find out. I think where you probably have hurt your spouse, yeah, or you or you've allowed things in. Going, oh no, I've you're cleaning messes up. Might be a word to say. Yeah, because we all have baggage. Yeah, that you'll work through. Or it'll mm-hmm. tear you apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you work through it either when you're single, or try to, mm-hmm. or if you wait until you're married, you can still work through it. Mm-hmm. But it can be a lot messier. Yeah, and so the, the opportunity to work through some of those things mm-hmm. while you're on your own, I think, is a unique opportunity to um, through community and small groups and yes. with with Jesus and yes. allowing Him to work in you before you get to that point where it can just really hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like if if you can avoid some of that pain mm-hmm. um, because you'll you'll hurt your spouse, mm-hmm. it well, will happen. But yeah. if you can do some of the work, work beforehand to minimize that mm-hmm. and come into that in a healthy way, just it saves so much uh, just like scarring or wounds later mm-hmm. that need healing. And so mm-hmm. the opportunity of singleness, I think is so important. And not that marriage is the only end goal. Yeah, right. uh, we're not becoming right. more like God to become married. Right. Uh, but as we become more like God, it definitely rewards itself in a healthier marriage. If that's what mm-hmm. what you're called to. Mm-hmm. So you you uh, you both uh, have I, I feel like extensively worked with what I'm going to call young adults, but but worked with people who are in the season of life where probably marriage is. For the majority of them, an, an objective, a hope, a dream, but they're they're single. What are you seeing? Our struggles, like we we know the stat of they're they're waiting longer. Why? Like, is it is it career or or what is the struggle that they're even dealing with in the midst of singleness? That that you've also in connection to the struggle, you've like, but here's what Scripture teaches, or here's here's what you're feeling. Here's how I can help you with that. Like almost giving wisdom to those who might be listening right now who are like single and they're hating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, I, and, and there's like, this isn't fair. All my friends are all getting married. Mm-hmm. Or 
or I haven't even met that person, or I even, I even, I'm not dating anybody right now. And they're going, so what do I do? Do I mm-hmm. not care about it anymore and just wait for it to hit me upside the head? Uh, what have you guys learned, seen, witnessed, read in scripture, all that kind of stuff? I think what I've observed is uh, part of the reason there's, there's delayed marriage is it's delaying like the actual wedding day. <laughs> it's not, they're in a relationship they're mm-hmm. living together. They're playing marriage. And so that's five or six years before they get married. Interesting. You know, like, like that's more common now. They're like what's the point in- Right. There's no and rush so, for the ceremony. No because- rush. There's almost a fear of like, if we get committed, then there's all these other things that we have to, the government now sees us differently. Like, why do we need a piece of paper to tell us we're all those kind of things? But then there comes a point to where they want that day. Yeah. Um, and so that's- I, there almost feels in this singleness, I want to control my commitments and not let them get too crazy. Okay. Um, but, I, but I'd also say in the same breath, I just don't know how well that works in life. Mm. Like if you're going to commit to something, like, hey, I need to be part of a church. I need to be involved in community. Uh, as you said, like you're always going to have baggage in your life that you're working through. Um, when you get married and when you have kids, <laughs> that just accelerates that baggage yeah. coming to the top sure. real yeah. quick. Um, and so I think some of it is the delayed of some of this stuff is I don't want to deal with my baggage yet. Okay. And they or know, I, that- or I don't know how to, and I'm scared to like be in a committed relationship and all my crazy stuff comes out. Okay. I think this is why we like holidays so much because we. We hope, I think a lot of times we're rushing to Christmas or uh, even vacation as like, a, I just if I just get to that, I'll breathe and everything will be good. I think we do that relationally too, where I, I have had friends that go, it'll just be better after, mm-hmm. after the kids come or after we get married or right. whatever, when I think God's heart is, no, be healthy now, yep. right in this moment. For sure. Yeah. I think there's a challenge also to be like, I want to be a perfect spouse. Mm. I want to be a perfect parent because um, I'm so scared to wound mm. whoever's in a relationship with me. So it's a really big, huge fear of mm. what am I going to get into mm. and what am I going to cause? Mm. Well, I've seen quite a bit of uh, reactive approaches to life and they're reacting to what happened with their mom and dad or their grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so meaning... It could have been an incredible relationship they grew up around where mom and dad in the home thriving and they reacted and they're afraid they're not going to have that. And then the opposite, it was the opposite. Their parents divorced, uh, animosity, not like amicable. And so they're like, I'm inevitably going to be that, so I don't want that. And what I'm finding is, but both people are tending to choose the same path they're choosing to not get married, but behave like they're married. Yes. It's not that they're saying, because that went super well or super bad, I don't want a significant other in my life. They're saying, but the tag married, I'm going to avoid that. Yeah. And I think one of the lies is, is that you can behave it without embracing it. Because it's a part of the beauty of marriage is the embraced covenant of no matter what the classic vows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be an invalid, or if you're gonna be the most in shape person ever, 
if you're if we're going to be filthy rich and have more money than we know or where we won't even know where our next meal is coming from. Yep. And then the classic mm-hmm. overarching one, uh, literally for better or for worse, however that goes, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And it's, I think we're trying to have, what I tell our kids, the the rewards of some, of this powerful relationship without the actual responsibility of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I and I what I'm seeing is yeah they're avoiding not the behavior they're not yep. avoiding the behavior yep. uh, they're buying houses together and yep. uh, starting businesses I mean you can go through the list of all that I like do kids um, all the stuff all the stuff just not the ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. They think that the ceremony does something. Yeah, that's the thing that reveals it all or something. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, we were cart before horse people too. Like, we were, we, we, no, we didn't drive an actual cart though. Just so no, I mean, our cars were pretty bad though. <laughs> so cars back then. Technically, I mean. <laughs> a cart with a horse would have been better. <laughs> while we were driving, but I and but I I think if we even like for us personally, if we take ourselves back to that moment, we were craving the connection and and the movement mm-hmm. and got it all out of sorts. And it created some nightmarish interpersonal situations for a long time. Like there were some residual damages that really had to be worked through that added baggage to our already existing baggage. Um, and what I would want for anybody walking through that process is what I want for myself too is I want to be right where I am today, Lord. Help me not rush. Help me not fear, but also not try to rush things and get to this place that I want. Um, but right in the moment, uh, be the best that I can be. How can I grow and learn and all of that? And it's not about attaining something because we even start doing that with retirement, not even just relationships. Like we're always looking ahead. Yeah. Um, but be where we are right now. And um, I wasn't doing that then. But I think I'm better at it now. But we're just we we want and hope and maybe don't even know how to get there or don't want to do the work to get there. But yeah. what's also unique unique now is that our culture has so much choice. Mm. You think about fifty years ago, if you grew up in a small town like around here or Kadoka or Buffalo or mm-hmm. you only know fifty people. Right. <laughs> and now I can swipe fifty people mm-hmm. in 10 minutes on my mm-hmm. phone mm-hmm. of people that are available to me, theoretically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in an insanely mm. FOMO culture yeah. where I don't want to either make the wrong choice yes. or miss out on an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think, part of that struggle with um, going into a committed relationship is there's so much you're, in theory, missing out on. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing that the freedom to choose is actually your bondage hmm. because you have so much mm. choice out there. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, I can That's find good. somebody, you're just looking at all the options all the time. Mm-hmm. You think about when you're in, when you go to, when you go to college and you come to your, your town and there's only so many people you went to high school with yep. and you're in a, mm-hmm. the opposite sex or whoever you're attracted to is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I am in heaven of mm-hmm. options here. Yep. You don't know how to respond to it. No. Mm-hmm. That's everyone's phone now from mm-hmm. when they're a teenager through um, whatever age and even as you're an older adult if you're single. Mm-hmm. And so it's reprogramming the way we approach relationships. Mm-hmm. There's just 
there's choice paralysis. And mm-hmm. what if I choose the wrong person? Choice paralysis. Or there's a better person that. out there. Yeah. So I think that's a phrase. I that's fantastic. I think it's great. I uh Todd brought this up one time in a meeting, this this definition there's FOMO, but then the the FOBO, fear of better options. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that's the new yeah. FOMO used to be it. Now FOBO is the next thing. Yeah. Where so. where there's this uh, like Always thinking about. I thought even thinking about shopping, that literally in shopping you could you could go find a better deal or maybe yeah. a, a better company that makes the same thing better. All this type of stuff that this is our normal life. Yeah, yeah. you can go find a better option probably than what you're currently doing. Hmm. Yeah, and there's sometimes <laughs> an unhealthy approach to it, which is like, I'm married now for ten years. It'd just be better to be single again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's just a better option. Mm-hmm. But then it's so it, it's it's interesting. This whole singleness conversation's got so many weird layers to it. It does. The, and what we don't realize, and this is what often does not get addressed, is that we have all been brought up and raised with a type of a, a style kind of thinking. Yes, where logic for our culture is such a big deal. Logic and information to where we're making relational heart decisions solely based on logic. Yeah. To where let's say you're completely disconnected from someone. Logic says then drop that somewhat. Don't don't try anymore. Go find an easier relationship or an easier way to get what you want. That's a logic thing, but that contradicts the way that, that God made us in his image that there's this relational DNA in us. Mm-hmm. And and it and it, so much work needs mm. to be done. Yeah, that God doesn't approach us solely logically. If so, if so, if so we'd all be uh, yep. done forever. Well, okay. So basic examples that probably people know, but I think we should bring up. Uh, Jesus never got married. Okay, and we talk about being a Christian following the way of Christ and what did Jesus model? One of the things you'll learn from Jesus, not just what did he directly say, but what did he do and what did he not do, right? And I don't know why, but I think the church should bring this up more. Mm -hmm. So when you think about, so you guys are pastors, work in a church. uh, Where have we missed this as a church? And how can we not miss it right now in this conversation? Like what's important for people to know about single life according to the way God made us, examples, all that. Like, what do you just wish single people would know right now as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus? Your mission that God has for you is far more important than the mission of getting married or finding community or all those things because God will lead you in those things. So work on, God, what is my mission now? Because Jesus did that so well. If we, I think we miss the side of humanity. He had those pressures. Yeah. Like he would have, 30 years old, a Jewish man, like it would have been like, why are you not? And well, we even make up stuff about Mary Magdalene with, with, you know, yeah. there's even stuff made up right. about it because right. we just think so much he's got to be he's married. Got to. He's got to have a woman in his life. Well, we also got to recognize the culture is fascinating either. These 12 disciples, who knows if they were married, just leave that. And that was encouraged. That was not, Sean, that was not anything. It was like, 
yeah, go be around this rabbi, go be around mm. those kind of things. Yeah. And so I would say to a single person, man, whatever God's pushing you to do the mission he has now, if that includes getting married, great. If that includes having kids, great. But what is God telling you to do? And so as a single person, because that will be the conversation ongoing, even if you get married, even if you become a parent, that is one you've got to learn as a single person. I got to keep navigating that conversation. Mm -hmm. What is my purpose and how am I doing it right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that would be, and then I would say to the church, be like, let's celebrate that more. Mm. We, we celebrate kids and we celebrate marriage, but we kind of just go, hey, way to keep following Jesus. Good job. You we, know? I think a lot, and not in malicious terms. That's why sometimes we turn um, it, like unhealthy things or, or people, we say things we shouldn't and we experience that. And we think that person had malicious intent. I don't think that's the case. I, I just think in church, we oftentimes think that our role in between a person's high school graduation and then their next thing is that we're supposed to play matchmakers for them. Mm-hmm. And we say things that yeah, we are say things like, why aren't you married yet? Yep. There's plenty of people at that college, you know, those kind of things that you're just like, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Right. There's so much emphasis on it all the time. I mean, I had a professor in college go, you're going to struggle in ministry if you're not married. And I went, I had the same one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it was like, so wait, what? Hold on. What are we teaching mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think a lot of that just gets put in front of us. Which probably meant though that his wife had a significant impact in his ministry. So he's taking right. he's taking that experience and it probably comes out of a hopeful, like it will be made better because of that. But But how it was received or how it came out was you're going to tank if you don't. And that such a bummer. It's interesting advice because the new Testament did the opposite. (laughs) You could argue communicates the opposite of that. Um, I'm not in any way suggesting the new Testament speaks uh, ill against marriage, No, but I, it was, it was a, a personal experience, maybe a personal conviction projected on, and we as a church, and I want people to hear this, uh, forgive us if we've ever projected that onto you, yes. that that you and your singleness is, a, is, a, is an unhealthy version of you. It's not. In fact, uh, I think, I wish I could go back to the single David and say, care about what people think far less. Yes. Uh, ask God, what do you want me to do more often than where is she, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That yeah. I wish I had just, and I did some great things. I just wish I had been a bit more, embraced that um, mm. no other person in my life, no other responsibility in my life, which allows you to go anywhere at any time to do anything for the Lord yeah. yes. without even checking with anyone. And and I wish I had embraced that mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, again, not, I'm not lamenting. I, I I look back at my life and it's great. I just it created a lot of inner turmoil, is what it did. It you know, yeah. where I'm I'm in my head a lot, going, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about where is she rather than what should I be doing right now? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I remember I was twenty three or twenty four and um <clears throat> I uh God told me pretty specifically, said Josh, I want you to be single for two years. Okay. And I was like that sounds terrible. 
I'm in my prime right now. Uh, yeah. You were better I, uh, at listening to God than I was. Yeah, I was well, I, uh, <laughs> I was in a really small but like, band. I was a musician, so I was yeah. like, cool, you yeah. know. And God says, be single for two years. And I'm like, I don't think you realize the platform that I have right now, God. Uh, but, but that constraint that God put on me brought me so much actual freedom in my life mm. because I wasn't always on the prowl or mm-hmm. looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. My focus could be on what God had for me and wanted for me and doing ministry. And uh, what we tend to see as restriction, like, for me, God brought freedom in that, mm-hmm. to just the freedom of the obsession of mm-hmm. who's my mate going to be? When am I going to find them? Mm-hmm. And uh, I could just be free to do whatever God called me to do. Mm-hmm. And okay. that ended up being a huge blessing for me. Like not everyone should do that, obviously. Uh, but for me, that was, I felt really clear that God, that was a call from God. And I said, yes. And uh, I have no regrets. I got married late-ish, 32, so later than some. And it can be hard to be single in the church. You can feel second class sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or on the the outside, or and it's hard when all your friends are married, and you're like, well, they're talking about married stuff, mm-hmm. so I'm out. Uh, <laughs> and, and as you get older, you find younger friends, sure, and so you're on the out on both aspects. Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. your friends are younger, so you're kind of weird, different. And then your friends are married, so you're weird different. Mm-hmm. So the longer you're single, mm-hmm. I think the harder it can feel, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the church, uh, mm-hmm. as far as what's normal for you. And so, mm-hmm. but um, there's also no rush. If you, mm-hmm. that person isn't there, mm-hmm. there's no rush. Mm-hmm. If they are, get married. Mm-hmm. But, but if they're not there, mm-hmm. like, there's, there'll be a time for it. And so, I think it's good wisdom. I'm trying to sit here to think. I had multiple people tell me when I was younger, there's no rush. And I was like, then you don't know me and my hormones and my <laughs> That's fair. desires. But I agree with you. So here's an <clears throat> important thing. So you just said you were married at 32? Yeah. Todd, how, how old were you when you were married? I believe. This is a trick question. I was going to turn 23. 20, 32. 22. 20, 22. I was 24. And you were? 21. 21. Mm-hmm. So kind of a little bit all over, a little bit. But I, what I think it's important, I don't think, for those of you who are listening, there is no specific like age, uh, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, blah, 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 30, 40. There, there is no like yeah. age that you have, you have failed mm-hmm. or that you have missed something, the, the, the better option, the fear of missing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think the encouragement, you're hearing this from, all of us is if you would embrace the season that you're in, hmm. you would be able to be formed in a way that God wants to form mm-hmm. you. That does not at all is not our attempt to pacify your emotions right now mm-hmm. or, or, mm-hmm. or to say, just deal with it. Mm-hmm. But life often, I think life always has um, seasons where you are, you're being shaped don't try to escape mm-hmm. what God wants to do in your singleness. Yes. Don't, don't run from it. Mm-hmm. Know that actually God actually wants to use it. And there's enough examples in scripture mm-hmm. that say he actually 
might leverage that season as much as he leverages any other season mm-hmm. in your life. Josh gives a great example of his, of his own life. Mm-hmm. And um, I think too, yeah. though, of people in, in their later years that maybe have been widowed mm-hmm. or found themselves where the marriage didn't work out, um, have so much wisdom too. One of the things that I did recently was connect a young single woman with somebody that was a widow who is a lady that has so much wisdom to give and share. And I, I think even learning from people who have walked it or are walking it out too, um, because we, we do crave that community, but I think it's easy to assume that that comes in the form of a mate yeah. instead of a mentor. And so um, i just throwing that in. That's a good point. Just in. Singleness can come at any age or stage of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. We default to think that it's 20s or something sure. like that, but mm-hmm. you could be 30 or 40. You mm-hmm. could lose a spouse. You could mm-hmm. experience a divorce or mm-hmm. all things could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And you're still so important and valued and whole mm-hmm. yes. at any stage. Like yes. just because you're 70 and single or 20 and single mm-hmm. uh, doesn't make you any more or less valuable yes. to God and to the kingdom and to our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's just, as a church, we can show more compassion for someone who's walking through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like, sure. Because there's just, there are going to be lonely moments and it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough fighting for, I need to be with people. I need to hang out. Like you did a great job. It's like, ah, these people are too young. These people all are married or you're just in this like, Every friend I have, especially if you're widowed, is like they are married still. All my friends, like it's now different. And and so just I think recognizing that and being a little bit more compassionate in those things. Cause, and I also would say Jesus can relate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He went through those years too. I, if you don't think his mom was like Jesus. <laughs> I was thinking earlier, life expectancy for a Jew and Oh, man. Like he maybe 40, had 10 or 15 45 years, years. That was it. That'd be like being 60 yeah. in, the, in our day and age. Yeah, so yeah. he lived most of his life mm-hmm. uh, as a single person. Not To, to be, be 30 and single now isn't that big a deal. Back but then. to be 60 mm-hmm. and single feels a lot more rare. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it'd be hard for him. Mm-hmm. He, went, he went through what we often don't give him credit of going through. Right. Like he, he would have, it's not recorded in the scripture, but he would have had friends and probably family bringing this up with him. Jesus, don't you think you could do this savior thing better right. with a partner? Or what if you, Jesus, had kids? Had kids? Yeah. Just think, it's all stuff that you're like, we don't, it's not, it's not in scripture, but do not think that it did not happen. Right. And, and they weren't convinced he was the Messiah then. <laughs> like that's just a whole nother dynamic. So you need to you need to settle down and right. stop being so distracted. Yeah. Right. This Messiah thing is run its course. Yes. Just get married, have some kids, and uh, yeah. just go like do your Mary thing. Joseph and a few others yeah. are the only to know it, but the rest of the town's like, eh, okay, that's cute. Yeah. Um, more like your brother. I wish we would have got some more of those stories. But I think part of that is goes, Jesus, even that time, was still fighting for the mission mm-hmm. that God had for him mm-hmm. and waited till he was 30-ish to start it. Jesus didn't downplay and minimize singleness. No, we should follow that same model. Mm -hmm. Let's not downplay it, minimize it and embrace it. So I think maybe a good way to end this is to always remember, as we've alluded to already, if you are a follower of God, you you are are a son or a daughter of Mm -hmm. the almighty God. Marriage will not change that. Mm -hmm. 
um, whatever relationship status you're in, God wants you as his child, Mm -hmm. embrace that. And maybe this is just a fresh uh, reminder, a fresh wind for if you're single right now, or maybe you've, you've got kids that you wish would get married or you, whatever is let's focus on being uh, really good sons and daughters mm-hmm. of God. And I assure you, I think most of us have the story that God will provide you with what mm-hmm. he wants to provide you with yeah. um, as, as he wants you to have it, as he wants to bless you, as he, all that kind of stuff. Um, so hopefully this singleness talk has stretched out a little bit. Uh, if you have questions, thoughts, you know how to get a hold of us. Reach out to us, text us, email us. And uh, and if we missed the question that you're really hoping we would answer on singleness, post it in the comments and uh, we'll get back to you, we promise. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll have you back. Mm-hmm. We've got some more stuff to talk about. Uh, maybe great. a bit more controversial and fun. So, <laughs> hey, uh, until next time on Off the Fence, we love you very much. Thanks for tuning in.